go of Riders Up. Well, we got another edition of Riders Up, our weekly jockey interviews where we get a chance to get inside the mind of some of these awesome athletes that we really never get the chance to talk to all that much. This week, we're very lucky to have Ty Kennedy join us. Ty, this will be a, a really cool opportunity for us to get to know you. I think myself and Brian, I know I've uh, I've seen your name many times in the programs. I've uh, put a few bucks on you, but I've never had a conversation with you. I've never got the chance to hear your story. So thank you so much for hanging out. And uh, I look forward to hearing a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on the show. You know, very happy to be here. And uh, like I said, let's, uh, let's give them some insight. Okay. So we always <laughs> like to start with you know, how do you get into racing? Because racing is a little bit of a, a niche sport. You know, it's not necessarily something that everybody's into, but a lot of times it's family or for me at least, and a lot of the people that we've talked to, how did you get started riding horses? Well, it, it's certainly not one of those businesses that you take your resume up and say, hey, look, this, this is my, <laughs> it, that's not how that works. No, no. <laughs> I was, I was enough to be born into it. Um, my grandfather was a trainer. Uh, he trained quarter horses and then my aunts and uncles, they either rode, trained, uh, quarter horses, thoroughbreds. So it, uh, it runs deep in the blood. And I actually, I went to graduated high school. Then I went to college for a little bit because my mom didn't want me to just jump right into the racetrack. So I kind of, well, yeah, I'll go to college. And she told me I one year. So I did. And then I, I went right back to the racetrack. <laughs> Whatever, the least amount that you had to get be away from the track before you could get right back to the track, right? Um, so, uh, Ty, l like, tell us a little bit about the, the journey that you've been on. Like, where did you start? G give us a, you know, um, how did you get into it? And who were some of the people that helped teach you along the way? You know, I, I've actually, I've been fortunate enough to kind of cover a lot of ground in the short amount of time that I have been riding. Um, I actually, I rode my first race at Remington Park. Uh, got my first win at Will Rogers. Uh, the old pandemic track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, so I've kind of started at those places, but then I've also been to Santa Anita, Del Mar, Keeneland, Churchill. Uh, so I've, I've kind of covered the spectrum and along the way, I, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people influence me, um, especially just starting out, you know, uh, some people that I could say that you guys probably never heard of that in smaller tracks, but uh, one guy, Travis Cunningham, uh, he's a Will Rogers jock. He just kind of stays there in Oklahoma. Uh, he's actually married to my cousin. He was very influential to me because he's the one that actually brought me down to Will Rogers. Hey, come start galloping, you know, come meet some people. And if you want to get serious about riding then start here and see what happens. So I did. So there's a lot of things that I got to give to him. Um, Shad Seaton's a trainer there. Uh, he actually put me on my first horse there and I went to the Shad Seaton School of Racing to where how many times can you get bucked off before you say you quit? <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to see what that number was. And I didn't quit. So that was one thing that was kind of always a joke. If you can make it through the Shad Seaton School of Riding, uh, you can go anywhere and ride. <laughs> but uh, then obviously once I got out to California, you know, things were a little different when I had a bug out there. Uh, obviously, Gary Stevens, he was one that, I don't think Gary really liked me at first because I kind of, <laughs> well, I kind of floated him out a little bit in one race. He come back and he was pretty stern with me. And then after that, it seemed like we got, got along really good. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I saw Gary a couple weekends ago at Oaklawn and talked to him. And like I said, we always still kind of laugh about that. So nice. the thing, 
there versus different places. It's it's all good if you know how to take it the right way. Right. Yeah, that's like you 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 know you mentioned Will Rogers, and I think that got a lot of us horse players through the pandemic. Uh, yeah. there at first, man. I know for the pandemic because I wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah. I was at, um, I was riding for my buddy who was an assistant for Robertino Diodoro at the time, and we were actually on our way to Canada mm-hmm. during, like for the summer. Yep. Uh, we just got stuck in Will Rogers. <laughs> so, yeah, can't go to Canada. We'll stay Not here. Terrible. So, so Ty, obviously, you know, each jockey has their own way. They get ready for the day, whether it be workouts or just just take us through a typical day that you go through, like a race day. Like what you do when you wake up, you know, and get ready for the, the day. Well, my, my typical race day routines, uh, you know, wake up, get you a cup of coffee if it's cold or a bottle of Gatorade if it's hot outside. I, I, I can't drink coffee when it's hot. I just can't. Yeah. Uh, go to the track. If you got some horses to get on, you know, go work your horses and then go see the people. And I, I try to go see the people that I'm riding for that day, like, you know, the trainers and stuff and just, Hey, how's the horse doing? Did you look at the race? What do you think? And, you know, so that way we kind of get a little bit of a game plan before the paddock mm-hmm. and before the race and all that stuff. Because yeah. sometimes you get five minutes in the paddock to talk. Sometimes you get to the paddock. Oh, riders up. Here we go. Well, okay. I hope there's nothing I needed to know. Yeah. So, right that more in the mornings um and then once i get into the room that's when i look at the form because there's a saying that you study long you study wrong and i'm kind of more that way like i know some guys that the night before they're looking at the form and which is great that works for them cool but i'm about a five minute kind of guy like flip through it don't overthink it stick to the basics and if there's something that you need to know the trainer will let you know other than that Go out, let the horse do his thing, stay out of his way, and just ride. You know, because some I think if you study too hard, you get in their way, and then it just kind of hinders the horse's performance and your judgment, and then it just kind of goes bad. Well, especially for you as a rider versus like a handicapper, right? Like for you, you're right. making the move, so you right. you don't necessarily want to be double and triple thinking and going back and then do a, oh should I do that? No, I should do that. You got to be decisive with what you're doing. Well, and, and that's the thing that I think that a lot of people, I mean, especially horse racing Twitter, Yeah, I think <laughs> people, they, they either just don't understand or they haven't been exposed to what really goes on out there because you can make the same exact move on Monday and it works. You, you win the race, you look like a hero. And you make that same exact move on Tuesday and it doesn't work. Well, yep. now it's, oh, what the hell is that guy doing? What is, well, He's done win a thousand races doing that move. Guess what? Yeah. This the one that didn't work. So, you know, it, it's all about circumstance and situation. And you're never going to ride two races the same ever. So you're always adapting. You always have to be quick on your feet. Prepared, but be able to call the audible when you need Absolutely. to. Right? Like, that's, you want to, like, just like you're saying, you're going to go in there, you're going to talk to them, you're going to know what you need to know about this horse. But, all you could you could have the greatest game plan in the world, and then you take a little like a bad step out of the gate, and you're behind, and you're in some trouble, and then you have to everything's out the window. Every jockey has to be okay. Every good jockey has to be Peyton Manning. Step yeah. up to the line, Omaha, Omaha, yeah. Omaha. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you go through so many different plans in your head, pre gaming, and this and that, and first jump out of the gates. Well, that didn't work. So what's plan B? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, well, that was a it was a good little bit of a transition because you were talking about Peyton Manning, you were talking about Omaha. So if when you have time and you're at home after the races or you're hanging out with friends or family or whatever, uh, what are some of the things you like to do? Are you interested in sports or, or music? Any you know something anything like that? Give us uh give us some of the stuff that you're doing when you're not riding. I tell you what, when when I was actually growing up as a kid, I played I think every sport that a kid could. Like I mean awesome. I I played hockey. I wrestled. I actually I wrestled for about twelve years. Awesome! I wrestled too. My dad coached wrestling too. It's a great sport for jockeys too because it's like my dad loved some of the smaller, you know, really strong. You don't have to be huge. It's a one on like you're you're in your weight class. It's really good. It's the cutting weight stuff, you know, staying small. It a lot of the similarities. Yeah, discipline. Yeah. Yep. Dis- yep. Yeah. Discipline. In order to be a rider, especially somebody like me, you know, like I'm not five foot tall and a hundred pounds naturally, you know? So yeah. that taught me discipline later mm-hmm. in life, you know, for now, uh, golf is one thing that I, awesome. I in, enjoy not good at. But <laughs> I, That's all good. Right. I got a buddy that it's funny. Uh, he's an assistant for Louis Russell there in, uh, at fairgrounds. Uh, his name's Danny Simpson. And when he started golfing, he was absolutely horrible. He was, he was terrible. I'd kick his ass every time we play. <laughs> now he got to where he plays uh, three times a week, every week, year round. And I play maybe once or twice every two weeks. And so now he beats me. So he always thinks it's funny. Oh, remember when you used to beat me? Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm kind of a typical racetrack junkie. You know, yeah. I, I got TV on the house all the time and my yeah. wife hates me. Me love it even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now I gotta ask you: Are you a big Chiefs fan? Oh, Chiefs. No, we don't. We don't have to talk about the Tyreek. No, situation. we're talking about the Chiefs, man. <laughs> we, I need some therapy. Situation going on. Everybody lost in that situation. It did. I know. It feels like it, it. Feels. It feels like that's what. And it's what's rust. Not obviously, you got to pay Mahomes and everything, but it makes it so hard when you have to pay the quarterback so much because then you're gonna have to start cutting another places. I don't know what was going on, but like, tell us more what you think about that situation. Well, I think this is the biggest conclusion that I've come to understanding. Everybody likes to hate on the goat, Tom Brady. Well, the difference between Brady and Mahomes obviously are, is the years, but it's the wisdom. Tom Brady would take the pay cut to keep better players. He knew. This is still young. He's still immature. He's a great quarterback, but he's young and dumb still. Well, at five hundred million, that that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. So, I think that he's got a couple more years to mature to where he can become an elite quarterback. As yep. far as you know, he's got the talent, raw talent, but he's still in in the honeymoon phase, so to so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which I think that Brady would have been different. Hey, cut me out here a little bit, so that way we can keep this player. He's a big asset to us. Yeah. But then, if you look at Tyreek Hill. He's a down the field receiver. Who's gonna get him the ball in Miami? Who? I know. Tua? No. Not Tua. No. He averages no. what six pass? Yeah. No well, way. I, I I didn't understand it. We're gonna but have to get Ty to join us. Beho on fourth and inches one week. He knows what he's yeah. talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. so let me ask you this. You know, you're you're dogging on Mahomes a little bit. You want to trade him for Joe Burrow right now? <laughs> Guys, I, uh, I feel like now that I'm available. out of Louisiana, I, like I could answer that question without being worried. Right, I, yeah. 
<laughs> Bro, all day. No, that I think that's one kid that the moon is the limit for him. Like yeah. he's and they're slowly building a team around him. And I think that once he does get a decent team, he's gonna bring out the best in everybody, just like he did at LSU. And I said, just look for the Bengals in the next two or three years. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big Bengals fan. That's why I noticed on your Twitter you were pulling for the Chiefs in that game. So that's oh, why. Come on. Like, <laughs> that's great. Like, in Louisiana, and I had my buddy who was another Chiefs fan. So we stuck together. Everybody else was, you know, LSU fans. So obviously they were going for Cincinnati. It's like, hey, we just scored, but we can't really uh, yell too loud. So hey, fist bump right there. Don't let nobody yeah, see. I, I, I was in the opposite place too. I, I was actually in Florida at the Pegasus. So I, I oh, was nice. just at a sports bar and I was one of like two Bengals fans in the entire place. Everybody really? else had their Chiefs jerseys on. Oh yeah, it was it was wild. So uh nice. Nice. Oh yeah. So back to racing a little bit, Ty. Like uh what are some of your most memorable horses or some of the best horses you've ever been on? You know, I I had that question in another interview a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to work some really nice horses. You know, when I was in California for uh, Richard Baltus, for Mandela, yeah. um, you know, for some of them really big guys out there, I got to get on a lot of good horses for them. Uh, and when the owner would show up on Breeze Day, hey, son, we really appreciate what you're doing, but uh, uh, Mike's going to ride this horse. You know that, right? <laughs> I understand. Like, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, hey, this this going to be a Gary Gary horse or, you know, Nakatani's riding yeah. this one. But it didn't bother me at the time because it was just good exposure and it was good experience because it taught me what a good horse is supposed to feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't said that. Like, I've I've ridden some very nice horses myself that I've been fortunate on. Um, one of them was one from Mike Tomlinson. Uh, he was a little Indiana bred of all things. His name was Revenant One. Yeah, that's kind of a story on him. Um, they bought him at the OBS sale when he was two, and then he had some issues, so they kicked him out at the farm in Ocala at the owner's farm, and they forgot about him. So <laughs> I, I don't think they brought him in to start training until he was four or five, uh, and that's when he debuted at Keeneland for thirty, crushed him. <laughs> then he went to Churchill, running a starter fifty, crushed him there. So he runs seven races, wins six, and run a second. And he was an Indiana bred. And he would go 108 flat, going three quarters every time. Wow. Every time. 21, 43, 55, 108 on the dirt. And just just straight rattles. So he was very, very fast. Um, another one, actually, another horse, uh, Chess Master. Um, yeah. He actually, I set a track record on him this year at Canterbury. For Carrie Raven, she's owner trainer on him. Uh, Carrie just has maybe six, seven, eight horses, but wow, what a quick dude! Track record at Canterbury, and Canterbury always goes fast on the grass. Yeah, they fly there. So, That's telling you something. Yeah. Um. So you've been around all over. What are What are some of your favorite tracks that you've been at? Like you, you've been all over. You know, Santa Anita is kind of the more. How do I say, like formal, picturesque, the mountains right. are... Looks like the postcard, right? You yeah, know. That's, that's the postcard track. Del Mar is the fun track. Del, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean it's, yeah. it's fun. You got the beach right across the street. Summertime. Yeah. Everything's fun about that. But probably my favorite track is just Keeneland because the atmosphere there... I mean, when you get people tailgating at the racetracks, you know, you know it's going to be a fun time. Mm -hmm. And 
it doesn't matter in the spring or in the fall meet. They're quality horses, quality races. And that's where you go to test to see how good you really are. You know, yeah. you get the best trainers all across the country there for one month. And that's one meet that I really look forward to either riding or watching on TV just because it's the best of the best. You just mentioned our home tracks right there. Santa Anita, Del Mar is where I go down right there. I'm in Southern California. And for Beho, it's uh, it's Kentucky right there and it's Keeneland. So um, now, we, right now, who are some of the other jocks that you look around at and you admire most? Some of your other peers, uh, you know, someone who turning for home top of the lane, you know, you're like, uh oh, that guy's next to me or that gal's next to me. I know they're going to give me a, a strong finish down the lane. I tell you, at that point right there, I actually, I tweeted it out uh, maybe two or three days ago. Somebody, I, I actually saw this tweet. Uh, it was either about David Cohen or Ryan Eichelberry. And I, I mentioned both of them. Those are the two guys. When you look over at the quarter bowl and you see them, you think, shit. Because <laughs> one thing about Eichelberry, that guy will do more than anybody else just to beat you. Like, it, it doesn't matter. He, he don't have to win the race, but if it comes down to running second or third, he's going to make sure you run third and he runs second. I mean, that guy has literally no quit in him. And awesome. it's and Rye is a very disciplined rider. You know, he's a very tall rider, but he's yeah. very disciplined. So some people think, well, he's got to diet hard, you know, so he can't be that strong or, you know, this or that or whatever. But uh, I would put him up against anybody finishing the last quarter of a mile because I know it sucks. He's having a fantastic <laughs> – and, and most of the time he's riding for yeah. Broberg, so we got that angle too. Well, and that's the thing. That, that does help. But it doesn't matter if it be for Broberg or if it be for Joe Blow that brought in his pasture pony. He's going to ride their hair off. Exactly. Just just to say he can. Yeah. And then Cohen, gosh, what a left-handed stick Cohen has. My God. Like, I watch him on Thomas Shelby all the time because I actually used to gallop Shelby uh, at Ellis and work him and stuff. So he's a very cool horse. He kind of holds a little spot in my heart. Yeah. So every time I always watch David ride him, and it seems like each time, man, he's done. He's done. Cohen goes left-handed and just gets more and more out of him, and David does that a lot. So he's another guy when you look over, it's like, God, I hope I got much more horse than he does. <laughs> you know, he's we, yeah, you know, you're in for it with uh, with we some talked of that. To, we talked to David a few weeks ago, and yeah. and I'll have you know that Thomas Shelby he he enjoys that one a lot. Yeah, he was definitely brought up as a special horse to him. Oh, that's that's such a cool dude because, like I said, I had some downtime, so I went to Ellis and I was galloping for Robertino over there for a couple months, and they brought Thomas in, and I was like, man, where did we get this horse from? Well, I got him from so and so this place, Saratoga, I think they claimed him or whatever, and I gallop him, work him. I was like, man, this dude's a Cadillac, and then sure enough, he turns into be Thomas Shelby, and I was like, well, I'm happy for him, happy for David, and you know, uh, Eminem, the connections and stuff. Like I said. They all deserve a really good horse like him, and I hope that he just continues to improve. He's a cool dude. Yeah, kick-ass name too. Kick-ass yeah. name. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, reading through your Twitter again too, I, I saw you make a comment about eating, eating ice cream out of the tub. So um, I know I know you do cheat on your diet every now and then. What's like a good cheat meal for you? Like if you if you've got some time, you don't you're not worried about your weight for one day. What are you gonna sit down and order? Well, I feel like what I would do would either get a nice inch and a half thick fillet, two inch thick fillet, uh, uh, 
medium rare, of course. Nice. Get some mac and cheese. Maybe maybe some red skin mashed potatoes. And an ice cold Coors banquet beer. Oh, that's a good <laughs> You and these banquet beers, man. Yeah. That's a good hey, deal. Follow the Twitter. That's you great. Louisiana. That is great. I love it. Absolutely. Like they hate it down there. Ah, that's funny. Um, okay, so where's a? How about like a vacation spot? Let's say you have a couple of days off, or you get a chance to go somewhere with your friends or family. Where's maybe somewhere that you've been and you'd love to go back? Um, give give us a, a place on the bucket list for you. You know, I, I know some people that really don't like Miami, but uh, I kind of do like Miami because my, obviously my buddy goes down there in the summertime, so I go spend a couple of days with him. Normally, they got good golf courses. They yep. got beach. And yep. got you know all them beachfront bars and stuff that you can just go sit down and have a pina colada and yeah, beach like what? What more could you really want? I I like the beach. I do. Yeah, personally. yeah. I was gonna say you sound like a drink in your hand, toes in the sand kind of guy. You know, I uh, grew up in Kansas, so I dealt with a lot of cold winters. And now that I can travel with the weather, I, I definitely do. I'm I'm not about being cold. No, that's that's yeah. not for. Okay, I spent so- a surf way, and I didn't. Yeah, I did no, good. That- but- <laughs> okay, so yeah, tell us what your schedule is like coming up, and then we want to talk a little bit about uh, about FanTac here. Where are we going to see you next, and and what's the next couple months or the next uh, you know part of the year look like for you? So actually, uh, I've had kind of the month of March off uh, once Delta ended. I'm actually going to Keeneland tomorrow to uh, start getting on some horses down there. Nice. Uh, but I'm going to ride at Hawthorne, which starts April second. Um, I think there's Saturday, Sunday through April, and then they go in, uh, May and June, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I'm going to be based out of Indiana though. Uh, cause they got their schedule this year, Monday through Thursday. Yep. So is right in on the weekend. So hopefully we can ride six, seven days a week, stay busy. And the money's so good at Hawthorne this year. I mean, they're running for 40, $41,000 maiden races, which is a huge improvement over what mm-hmm. they have. So that kind of leads to more incentive to go up there and, and try it, you know? Um, so we're going to do that. Uh, like I said, tomorrow going to Keeneland, get on some horses to, just to kind of try to build back those connections from those people that do ship up to Indiana, yes. you know, hang hey, there, let's get to work. Um, and just kind of try to go from there. So, so where are you right this moment? Right this moment. I actually just about an uh, hour and a half ago, just got settled in here in Indiana and oh, okay. I'm not liking it so far because it's 50 degrees. The wind is blowing 20 miles an hour. Oh, and- I know. Yeah. Well, you know, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. So it's, well, you just said you were going to be at Keeneland tomorrow. I literally live seven minutes from Keeneland. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm right around the corner. And, yeah, and no, so I, 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 I was going to say, like, the weather here has been in the 70s all week. And then you brought this cold with you, apparently, because now it's chilly again. Yeah, blame it on the new guy. All right, blame it on the new guy. Exactly. <laughs> makes you guys feel any better? It's seventy-five right now in uh, in Long Beach, and it's yeah, we got some for you, gorgeous, Gino. So I don't he, get he, how it make me feel better. I know. That's sorry. <laughs> that's okay, Ty, well, it will make you feel better when you are uh, you're at Indy and you're turning for home, and you've got a length lead on the field, and then there's a bunch of people on the rail with uh, Ty Kennedy shirts and hats and hoodies all rooting you home. So they can purchase these right now at Fantac. Tell us a little bit about how you got linked up with Fantac. Yeah, uh, so it was 
just kind of out of the blue deal. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of jocks that have had their stuff done. And um, actually, I think I was on an interview a couple weeks ago. I think Sean, uh, his name's Sean Drup. He, uh, I think, recommended me to Cameron. And Cameron reached out to me the next day. And he said, hey, have you seen any of my products? Are you interested? And I said, yeah, no, I've, I've seen the products. And it all looks, you know, pretty cool. Like, what, yeah. what do I he said, you just got to say the word, and I'll get you a line put out. And I told him to go ahead and do it, and he texted me a couple of days later and said, here's all your stuff. Let me know what you want. And I was like, all oh, this is up for sale now? Like, he's like, yep, it's all, all bow tie stuff, you know, so you, you're you in. Yeah, the, you got uh, beanies, you've got hoodies, you've got the, uh, the polos, which is great for golf. Right, yeah, anyone that's going to go out in golf, perfect shirt to wear out there, and uh, just like the basic tee. And I love the logo; it's cool with the letters too. You got the TK, so I've actually got a couple friends that have the same initials. I'm going to purchase the TK stuff for them too, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, he asked me if I had a logo or this that. I was like, well, not really for myself. And he asked me, well, what colors? I said, well, there's something with burgundy because me and my wife, when we got married, you know, our colors were burgundy and gray and stuff so yeah just do just something with burgundy so he sent it to me and i said hey honey do you like this oh yeah i like that i said okay that means i don't got to think about it great that's no. right happy wife happy life we know that one hey it, it, sp speaking of did i did i see this correctly and correct me if i'm wrong but you're donating all your proceeds from that to the permanently disabled jockeys fund is that correct yeah so um after the sales and stuff um Cameron lets me know what we made and this and that and sends me a check. So anything that I make personally off of all of the merchandise that has my name on it, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to give that 100% back to the PDJS. Wow. That's awesome. That's man. awesome, man. I mean, that's it, really awesome of you. I know personally, I know a couple people that are dependent on that. Um, you know, uh, one of my very good friends, his, his brother, was in a riding accident and he's now paralyzed. Uh, Gary Burzer. Yeah, Burzer. I was gonna say I, you're talking about Gary. I can already tell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Alex, Alex also was another one who was very, very influential to me. So I, I, I'm not sure whether to call Alex my like a father figure or like a brother. Uh, <laughs> not really sure. I just know that I probably wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for him. So I know that he does a lot for the PDJF, and that means a lot to them specifically. So I figure it's just a little bit that I can do to try to help, you know, whether it's a lot of money, a little bit of money, a little bit goes a long ways. Uh, so I feel like it's definitely something that should be done. That's very cool, man. And you mentioned uh, your wife. What's your family uh, situation like? Is it just the two of you or do you have any little ones running around? Uh, if by little ones, you mean ones that have fur, tails and four legs. There you, yeah. Exactly. Right. For babies. I had three of myself now down to two of them, but yeah, there's the same thing, right? Yeah. No, we've, uh, she actually started working for Tom Amos back in Delta. Uh, she's kind of in that foreman position for him right now. So that's kind of why we moved up here. Um, and you know, we, we've been bouncing around a lot. We've actually been together for about six years now. Uh, nice. I met her cool. when I was at Prairie Meadows, uh, when I was starting out up there. So we kind of been bouncing around. We kind of want to get a little bit more, stabilized you know as far as oh, i'm not putting any pressure on you i was just asking don't worry <laughs> oh, my, my mom's been putting enough pressure on me for that <laughs> every day mom's always the worst man yeah out of the blue 
Am I going to have any grandbabies soon? Yeah. Um, um, you can have them right here. Just come watch the dogs if you want. Exactly. <laughs> but, oh, that's yeah. cool. I said, we got the two dogs. They keep us busy. You know, they, they're they little assholes sometimes, but they're, they're our kids. I we guess love like, them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's family. Uh, Ty Kennedy, man, you're coming up on, I think, 350 wins. We're so uh, we're so lucky that you were able to, to cut out some time and, and hang out with us. We're going to go and purchase some of your uh, your gear here because we know it's going to a fantastic cause, and that's so really cool of you. And, uh, man, it, it these interviews, Brian, at the end, every time we do these interviews now, Ty, it's hard for me because I, I like you so much now. I've never had the chance to talk to you that every time I see your name pop up, I'm going to want to bet on you every single time all the way through. So I know to say I'll be rooting for you every time too. So thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time. And this was uh, it was really fantastic getting to know you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, one more shout out. I got to give um, my sponsor um, aside from Fantech, uh, littlemanjerky.com. Yeah. I, I know you guys have probably seen it on my pants. Uh, I, got I did. <laughs> uh, he, all, he makes all of his stuff homemade. Salsas, meat rubs, spices, uh, jerky. Uh, go check him out. He's got a bunch of different flavors. Uh, hot, mild, spicy, teriyaki, anything you want. Uh, check him out. Let him Tell him that I sent you. Um, and he'll get you a care package sent out. And uh, like I said, very, very good stuff. All homemade right in the USA of Arkansas. Boom. We pulled it up right here for you. Littlemanjerky.com. Go and check that out and let him know that Ty. I love a good beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> let him know Ty said. That's your guy. Awesome. Well, good luck again. And uh, we hope you get all settled in and we'll be watching you and rooting for you in the coming weeks uh, over at Indy, man. Uh, get in the winner circle a ton, buddy. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, uh, no thank problem. you so Stay much, safe, buddy. Uh, Brian, another awesome one in the books. Uh, Thank you all for hanging out with us again. And make sure to tune in next week for another edition of Riders Up. And head to Fantax so you can show your support for time.